All right, folks, hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Bibs Corner podcast. This is episode 26. As always, I'm your host, Mike Bibbins. Um, I had no plans on doing this, so I hope you guys will go with me here for a second. I uh, sat down to take my notes for the podcast, and I still had TNT on in the background. And uh, Doc Rivers came on for his post-game press conference, and I, I, you know, I decided to listen to it. And about halfway through the the questions, he just kind of started talking about the things that are going on with uh, the latest shooting of an unarmed American citizen on camera, and how it affected him, how it affected his players, and. Uh, TNT then showed like clips of other players reacting and talking about their feelings about different things that are happening. I think the the Raptors and Bucks players have all talked about wanting to do different things. I think the Celtics have as well. Um, but after listening to you know everybody talk about what's going on, I completely forgot about the game, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, and just listening to some of the players talk about how difficult it is being in the bubble. And just the idea of the bubble itself, you know, they're safe, they're away from the world, safe from Corona, but also safe from having to potentially be profiled. Um, They're away from what's happening in the world. I'm sure there's a sense of guilt for that. Um, And for any of the guys with kids, I, I can only imagine what it's like being away from your families when you lay down in your bed at night and think about the realities of what's going on outside the bubble. Um, Jalen Brown mentioned looking down at his jersey in the number seven and thinking about Jacob Blake, the the guy in Wisconsin that was shot in the back seven times. Uh, just thinking about that, just the number seven and the, the fact that that man was shot seven times. Um, and I know somebody listening to this probably already cut it off. <laughs> Uh, If you're still listening, you may be rolling your eyes and thinking that, you know, sports is supposed to be my escape. I don't want to hear this crap. Um, Maybe even listening to this podcast, you're thinking, you know, I came here to to listen to to something about basketball. I'm not here to listen to this. Um, And I'm sure there are other people, you know, these NBA players make millions of dollars. They don't have anything to complain about, blah, blah, blah. All all the, the little talking points did you see? All over Twitter and whatnot, Facebook especially is worst. Um, but that at the end of the day, none of us can escape <laughs> our skin as black men in America. Uh, we literally just watched Masai Ujiri <clears throat> deal with a 14-month investigation into an incident where he was assaulted by a cop in the arena after the Raptors won the championship. 14 months it took, 30,000 witnesses in the arena on TV, um, what had to be hundreds of different cameras and videos being taken at the time. And it took 14 months for the video that was on the cop's chest to come out and prove without a reason, with beyond a reasonable doubt, even though nobody doubted Masai's side of the story, but it took 14 months for that video to come out to show that the cop pushed him for no reason, pushed him while he's pulling his credential out of his suit jacket and then pushed him twice. Like, the first time, maybe you, you didn't know somebody came up on you, you, you reacted. But we, to push him twice after you see he has a lanyard of some sort in his hands, 
you see that he's confused by how you're reacting. But that's that's the 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 what president I guess of the Raptors, a, a very important figure on a professional basketball team. And okay, maybe he's not a player, but um, you know, and if somebody doesn't know who you are, who you are doesn't matter if they don't give you a chance to tell who you are. Uh, John Henson a few years ago had the cops called on him for literally just walking into a jewelry store um, in Milwaukee. And it's funny that these things are happening in Wisconsin. Uh, there was another player, Sterling Brown, on the Bucks, who was profiled, beaten, arrested, and tased. He literally was in court over this last December. Like, this, being an NBA player does not make you immune to these things. So, for anybody out there that thinks that, just cancel that thought. That's, that's not how this works at all. Um, at the, the, the first thing they see is your appearance, your physical appearance. They react to that. If they recognize who you are, maybe the altercation goes a different way. But if they don't, it, it can go very badly, as we've seen over and over and over again. Uh, and anybody questioning at this point just doesn't want to see it, doesn't want to understand. Um, again, I, I, <laughs> I didn't have any intention to talk about this, I'm sure. Somebody's checked out by now, at least, and uh, if I lose listeners, that's fine. Um, I have a little bit of a platform here, and um, I I have to speak from my heart because uh, you can call me a lot of different things as long as one of them is authentic. So I have to be true to who I am and what I'm about. So I uh, just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, Doc got me <laughs> in my, my thoughts and I'll try to get back to basketball here in a second. And anybody that listened through this whole thing, I appreciate you. And um, we'll get back to basketball in just a second. Okay, so basketball. (laughs) Uh, A few things happened before the game tipped off. Um, We found out early in the day that KP was out. Uh, We heard the DFS was questionable with different injuries to each hip, which is exciting. Uh, and then we found out or our old buddy Kane Fitzgerald was back for tonight's game. Uh, if you weren't aware, Kane Fitzgerald was the ref for game one when Luca got ejected. So, uh, oh joy, glad to have him back, right? Uh, he was unloading the tech again tonight. <clears throat> tonight it was Rick that got tossed. Uh, I think there were at least six techs tonight. I think there were four in the first game, so... Uh, he's one of the ones that has succumbed to the bubble situation and letting everything he hears affect him, uh, being overly sensitive to everything. Um, and again, this is one of the things that I, and other people, not, I don't want to name names, but I've, I've seen other people mention it, that this was going to be a potential issue that would affect the playoffs is just the fact that the refs can literally hear everything things that would usually go under the radar or be uh, be missed in some way shape or form are suddenly not going to be missed and that's that's problematic to say the least um I'm not going to be one of those people to put this game completely on the refs. Uh that would be that that would be a lie. I'd be lying to myself to say this was completely going to be the refs. Uh when I first heard the news that KP was out, my entire move for this game was dampened. Um 
<clears throat> I felt like it worked out last time because the Clippers didn't really have time to prepare for the idea of Porzingis not playing. And even then, they did jump out to a huge lead on us, but they, again, hadn't mentally prepared for KP to be out and just accepted that we were losing because of that, and that allowed us to creep back in because they weren't they couldn't match our intensity at a certain point. Um, throughout the first four games of the series, I felt like the Clippers had been overthinking it. Uh, I felt like they should have been killing us by getting inside all series. PG uh, is taller than anybody that's going to guard him or stronger than anybody that's going to guard him. Kawhi, even though he's physically outmatched by Max, he is still strong enough to get his little elbow into Maxie's chest and push him off enough to get his mid-range off, right? And they're not going to call that <clears throat> unless he, I guess he punches Maxie in the face, perhaps. Um, but yeah, they, they have a, a size advantage for most of the game, uh, except when Boban is in a size and or physicality, I should say. Um, and they hadn't taken advantage of it as much as they should. Uh, they did tonight early, it opened things up. It got them to the free throw line early. And, um, you know, we came out strong, too. The first six minutes of the game, we were just trading blows, going back and forth. It looked like we were going to have a nice, nice, fun game. And then Kane in the game came through and started calling things unevenly, changed the momentum. It got into our heads a little bit. I think Luca was starting to feel his ankle already early in the game. And, you know, when you're dealing with pain and you're trying to play through it, you have some calls go against you that you didn't expect or you don't get calls that you expected to get. And now those two things coming together takes you out of your game, uh, took us out of our rhythm before we knew it. We were down 16, 15, whatever the case was. And, you know, we went on little runs here and there throughout the rest of the game, but it was never enough. Um they uh they took us out of it mentally and the the clippers did the rest basically so again i'm not going to say the the refs completely took this game from us but they definitely changed the momentum and we never recovered uh after that uh same thing that happened to the blazers the other night again both teams were are the underdog but it's like when you know you're the underdog you need mentally to feel like you have a chance because there's nothing else working against you besides the the obvious basketball factors. So when those other factors start working against you, it's hard to stay mentally locked in and focused on the idea of being able to pull off this upset. Um, and then, um, you know, we playoff P showed up. And apparently it was a huge deal for him psychologically. Uh, he was very candid, actually, about being in a dark place uh, before tonight's game and like thank the people that reached out to him with advice and to, to say kind things. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's a human too. He actually almost made me feel sorry for him. Um, <clears throat> but clearly he was dealing with some stuff, uh, even if whether it was, you know, missing his family, which I'm sure was a factor having to deal with the whole Seth thing and not being able to look at or hold his wife right now to, to get past thinking about you know his past um I don't, I don't know how he felt about what happened it feels like there's still some feelings there um of having messed up with Callie and uh 
So that's that whole dynamic is interesting with him. But I mean, he got a shot off tonight. He was looking very cocky. Uh, but it's starting to started after the game. After he talked, he realized that um, I don't know. He's he's got a lot going on upstairs. <laughs> as far as his psychology and basketball, he seems like he's the complete opposite of Kawhi in that regard. So, a person whose emotions will affect the game, and that's that's going to be something that's interesting to watch the rest of the way. I'm sure Kawhi did not mind him showing up tonight. Tired of doing everything, Kawhi ho hum. Another 32-point game made it look like nothing um, besides the pushing off to, to get there. But, you know, that is what it is. Uh, overall, the Clippers did what they were supposed to do, uh, just being physical, using their size against us and making us look small. Uh, we don't have a chance the rest of the way without KP. So I guess that's the next thing we'll wait for is to see what the word is on his situation and if he's going to be back for game six. Uh, my guy Maxi did hit two threes tonight. Um, I finally put the call out. I, I, I was very brave and said that I, I would bet a few people three dollars that Maxi would hit three threes tonight. And if he hit less than three, then you know that would take off however many he hit. So he hit two. I owe a couple people a dollar. I'll hit him up tomorrow to get that taken care of. Uh, if he had come back later in the game, of course, he would have hit that third one, but I'm not going to go out on the qualifier. Uh, I'll, I'll stick to my word on that. Uh, and that's really, I don't want to spend a lot of more time talking about this game, so uh, I'll cut this off here and we'll get into the stats. Alright folks, welcome back. Again, this is episode 26 of the Bibbs Quarter Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike Bibbins. Uh, we're going to get into these stats. I do not plan on this being a long segment either. Nothing exciting not, Nothing exciting to talk about. Um, Luca, let's get off the bat with him. He played 31 minutes tonight. <clears throat> 22 points, 8 boards, 4-6. He was 6 for 17 from the field. 9 for 14 from the line, 1 for 6 for 3, and with 5 turnovers. Uh, I think in the second quarter or so, he started really limping bad. He was wincing whenever he stepped on that foot. Um, you have to hope that he's his ankle isn't getting worse from the hot, the usage from the other night and now tonight. Um, kind of sucks that he still played 31 minutes despite uh, the calling the game basically halfway through the third quarter. The, uh, the the moment that I think people are going to look at if he is worse off with his ankle is when Morris stepped on his foot. And again, this was after he had already started limping. Um, Morris put out a statement on Twitter saying that it wasn't intentional, blah, 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 blah. I do think the league should be looking at all the angles of that video to make sure he had not looked down before he took that step. Because it looked like a really long, unnecessary step to me from the angle I saw. Um, and I'm not trying to, I, I don't want to think that he did that. But it just very coincidental that he steps on Luca's injured ankle, like literally on the injured ankle. Um, like not just stepped on his foot, but stepped on it in that exact spot. It it just felt weird. Um but again, I hope the league is looking at the video, figuring out if there was, if there appeared to be some intent and 
uh, addresses it accordingly. Uh, moving forward, THJ had a THJ game, 19 points, one board, three assists, seven for 14 from the field, three for seven from three. Uh, under normal circumstances, that would be a great THJ line. Tonight was not a normal circumstances type situation, though. <laughs> um, who else we got? DFS had a DFS game as well. Sort of, I guess. Uh, 9.6 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals. Um, he was 3 for 6, and all the shots were 3s. I think that may have been a byproduct of his hip situation. Not wanting to... Not being inside to do a lot of damage. Um, I have dealt with hip issues. And uh, I'm, I usually play with reckless abandon myself but uh dependent if when it's both his hips like that i can imagine he didn't want anything to do with the interior tonight and that's understandable uh, he played 26 minutes um as well um i just realized i skipped a person on my note sheet but we'll i'll worry about that while i'm doing this maxi um 12 points four boards and assist a steal and two blocks and, um, you know, I was hoping he would step up in this game to kind of fill the void of um, KP. And he, he hit a couple threes tonight, like I said. Uh, obviously, that's what you like to see from him. But clearly, obviously, it wasn't enough. I, I'm glad that he got to see the ball go through the hoop, though. Because, again, I mean, this this thing isn't over. I saw a lot of doom and gloom type talk but um you know if kp comes back again it changes the whole series we still have not had a game with both luca and kp through from start to finish that has yet to occur so again he sat out two games now maybe that means he's had enough time to rest and his knee's gonna be okay it, it's kind of weird that it's still just being listed as soreness that doesn't make me feel good at all so, again, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to have any feelings about where he is until they, they say something. Uh, again, Maxi was two for four from three. It was good to see it go in. Um, I noticed on the ones he missed, he wasn't set, really. And I don't know if he's rushing or what the case is, but I I'll, I hope that, again, just seeing a couple go in, he's able to settle down a little bit and be be a, a positive con contributor in in this next game. Uh and then finally the last starter Trey Burke. Uh he had 15 points, one board, two assists and a steal. And really I I love his energy and approach. We've been over this. We talk about we talked about the fact that he's very likely to be back next year. Uh but again, he just plays like he belongs. Like he doesn't play like a guy who uh is just happy to be there. He he plays like you know, this is my squad. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here, do what I can for my squad. I I think he has a positive impact on Tim Hardaway Jr. as well. Um, and I I thought hit me earlier today actually. Um, I don't know if this is gonna be a good thing for the people that are trying to make a big trade this off season, but I could see a Dwight Powell type scenario for Tim Hardaway Jr. where he does not opt into that gigantic contract and instead opts for a long-term contract 
on a with much less uh, money up front uh, while we're doing the Burke deal so they can be kind of a package deal going forward. And if we somehow are able to swing something somewhere else uh, down the line, maybe we just have to be more patient to bring another guy in or maybe we can get a young, cheap guy um, like that would be a, a heck of a dynamic guard rotation to have Burke, Seth, THJ um, as potentially even a bench unit, um, depending on what we do this off season. So again, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I do not like talking about the off season. I got to address that later with uh, the questions that came in, but, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> Moving to the bench, Seth was buns tonight. Um, he was tentative like he is sometimes, I think. For me, it bothers me that Seth, it feels like Seth doesn't want to shoot unless Seth can get to a comfortable spot. Like it has to be, he can't be taking a risk of getting blocked. He can't be um, uncomfortable. Like his feet have to be set. He has to be squared up. Uh, I don't like that he doesn't shoot. He doesn't force a shot. That's It's weird to say that, but... If you're a shooter, if you're a bucket getter, you should be able to have multiple release points, multiple angles you can get your shot off at and be effective. That's what Steph does. Um, and maybe that's why Steph is Steph and Seth is Seth. Um, but no, he had four points, two boards, two for six from the field, 0 for two from three, blah, blah, blah. Not, not, don't really want to go into that too much. MKG played 14 minutes. He was 0 for four from three. Uh, they kept leaving him open, obviously, on purpose. He drove for a bucket, ended up being one for six from the field overall. Uh, three points, and assist, a steal, and a block for him tonight. Um, again, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's there to defend. And for the most part, he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, and that's, it just didn't really matter tonight. Um, Boban played 17 minutes, five points, three boards, an assist, and a block. Um, his assist was beautiful. I think he like went around the back and then dimed it over the top to Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, my thing that bothers, bothers me about Boban is just how soft he is. I hate to say that, but when you're that big, and I think I can't remember who I was talking to about it, but. <clears throat> it feels like Boban is plays like he's trying. He doesn't want to hurt people. Like he plays like a guy who, like a my dad was a boxer when he was in the military, and he talked about one time when he was fighting a guy, and I guess punched him so hard the guy came off his feet and had a seizure, and he couldn't box again after that. Uh, Boban plays like a guy who has hurt somebody by accident in the past and doesn't want to do it again. Like, he doesn't commit to going after a block hard. He doesn't commit to letting somebody run into him hard and potentially not want to come back in there <laughs> type of thing. Uh, I wish he was more willing to use his body in that way. I know it sounds bad, but... I mean, that's an asset. Like, if you have a guy who's willing to set a hard screen or to to come into a guy who keeps driving the lane and 
Just basically all he has to do is take a step forward and let Lou Williams fly into him. He might get a foul call, but they can't say it's flagrant or anything. Uh, but it's going to hurt him. <laughs> and maybe next time he thinks twice about coming in there. Um, again, it sounds bad, but that's that's like I hate watching a little guy come right past Boban and lay the ball up like, come on, man. You got to give me something. So, and I hate how he reaches down for blocks. Like, he should be getting it at the high point. Um, anyway, DeLon actually looked good tonight. Uh, 11 points, assist. Uh, 11 points aboard, two assists, two steals. Uh, he was aggressive. Uh, 5 for 7 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. But he was aggressive, active. Um, I think he feels the pressure. I think he knows that his days are probably numbered. Um, so I did appreciate him being a bit more aggressive tonight when he got his, his moments. I don't know if it means anything for him with his future for the Mavs or for the series, but it was good to see. Uh, and then finally, Justin Jackson, Antonius Cleveland and Josh Reeves all got to play and they all scored points. I don't care to talk about what happened with them. So we're just going to move forward. Um, I usually don't talk about the other team stats, but Kawhi and PG had very similar lines. Um, I think Kawhi was 12 for 19 from the field. PG was 12 for 18. Uh, Harold got loose for 19 points and 11 boards. Uh, the Kawhi did what Kawhi has been doing all series, but the Clippers clearly used, like once they got up by like 30, they used this game to tune up. Some of the guys that have been rusty in this series, including George and Harold, uh, to kind of get them going and get them feeling good about themselves, which obviously wasn't exciting to watch. And it's not exciting to consider going into game six. But again, nothing really. I'm not going to let anything affect me until I know what KP's situation is. Uh, if KP plays, then I'll get back excited again about our chances. If he doesn't, then. Um, we'll see if Luca's gonna come out and be a hero again. <sighs> so next game is Game Six Thursday. Luca's gonna be facing NBA playoff elimination for the first time in his young career. Um, unfortunately, not a hundred percent healthy. We'll see what happens with him and his ankle. Also, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the guys come up, how they show up, how they fight, what adjustments are made. And as I've said about 100 times on this podcast, we will see if KP comes back. Um, again, well, that's going to be another tough conversation, depending on what happens with KP. Um, again, none of us are doctors, but if he doesn't play in game six, that's 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 a good that's going to be a fun conversation. That's all. That's all I'll say about that right now. Uh, there were a good bit of questions, so. I'll go ahead and close this section of the pod off, and we'll get to those. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, We got, like I said, a good bit of questions tonight, so let's uh, jump right into it. The... First thing I want to address, I get I keep getting a lot of questions about off-season moves and things like that, and I'm just gonna be honest and upfront. I'm I'm really not thinking about the off-season right now. Um, we are in the playoffs. Uh, 
we still got a chance here. So until we are eliminated and I've had some time to, to deal with that, cope with that, recover from that, I'm, I'm not looking at who's going to be a free agent or anything like that. So uh, I'm just going to skip those questions. <laughs> uh, Mavs Film Room sent the question, just simply asked why. And, you know, life isn't fair. So that, that's the best answer I got for that. And uh, MFFL7741 is back. He asked, should Morris be suspended and for how many years? Um, again, I, I mentioned this earlier in the pod, actually. If if they can review that tape and see that he looked down before he stepped on Lucas' foot, then he should be suspended for at least a game. Uh, if they can't determine that he looked down before taking that step, then uh, it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, it's unfortunate, but again, if you can't prove intent, it's hard to, to suspend somebody. Uh, things happen. Next, uh, Luca underscore land asked, why is MKG shooting twice as many threes as Seth in back-to-back games? Um, so last game, it was fine with Seth not shooting because... He was being chased off the line, but didn't let it affect his rhythm. Got inside, hit mid-range jumpers, got to the basket, things like that. Tonight, it did affect him, and probably because he was wanting to press or wanting to get his threes off, and so them closing out to his threes threw off his rhythm, and for whatever reason, he's unable to recover. Um, Hopefully, he can put it together for, for the next game, because, uh, again, we need all hands on deck, even if... KP is back. So, uh, MKG, obviously, they're leaving him wide open and daring him to shoot. So, he feels it necessary to go ahead and pull those. And it is what it is. Uh, next question comes from uh, tweets from Teep. Uh, and she asked, uh, should I watch Game 6 or stick with my Star Trek marathon? Because Star Trek brings me joy. <laughs> Uh, it's hard. I can't tell anybody ever to not watch a game. I I, I don't have it in me. Um, if KP sits, I would say queue up the Star Trek by halftime, <laughs> depending on how you're feeling. Um, maybe play the put the game on mute at that point and, and let let the Star Trek take over. Um, but keep keep the game on just in case some magic happens. Uh, no matter what. Um, yeah, I, I can't tell you not to watch it. <laughs> um, race the face at race the face asked, uh, does the game one KP ejection seem like a bigger deal now that the series is three two? Um, I can't say that. I can't say that one thing could change the series. Um, well, I kind of could, but nothing outside of our control. The uh, the main thing for me is KP's health. Uh, we're one and one without him now. And without him completely, I should say. And um, the series is right, is was right there for us. If we're at full strength, we, we showed we can hang with these people. And... 
right now we're just too depleted to do so, too too beaten down, too injured, um, to to uh, beat them. I don't think we can beat them without KP at this point. I mean, obviously I thought that before, but you know we stole one. I thought, hey, we stole it. KP will be back, and now we can really do some damage. But he wasn't back. We got blown out. And if he's not back in game six, it's hard for me to envision a victory coming, especially with Luka dealing with uh, his injury. Um, coming into the, well, you know, I think let's, let's move to the next question. Actually, I think they kind of, let me see here. Okay. No, we'll, we'll address that later. No. So coming into the series, you know, one of the things that we talked about was the idea that the Clippers would be very physical with us and would beat us up. And I do think that this experience is kind of necessary for Luka and KP going forward, uh, to face some of that playoff disappointment with the refs and things like that that that's fine um i think that them both being hurt kind of gives them in their heads maybe an excuse as to you know why they don't necessarily have to feel like they let anybody down with their game at least so um as far as learning experiences go i think this this regardless of what happens going forward i'm i'm happy with the experience that they've had between the 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 chippiness and the great game with the the walk off buzzer beater to tonight getting blown out by forty so or was it fifty I don't I don't even know we got destroyed um, but all of this all of these things matter getting that first playoff W mattered um, the text matter like all of it matters I, I it's all a positive thing so I wanted one game. Hope for two. We got two. Uh, no matter what happens going forward, I'm pleased with uh, our time here. Um, next question comes from Nick Lucas two one two two. He said to address whether the Mavs should move forward with the expectation that KP will miss the game, miss games consistently. And initially, when I read the question, I thought he meant in the postseason, but I think he means period in general, like the next several years. So. Yeah, he actually says that. I don't really see this issue going away, and I'm dreading when we sit here four or five years from now saying, well, you don't want to risk KP's knee. So that's that's the talk that I saw tonight that annoyed me a bit. Is oh, we got to think about the future, this, that, and the third. The future's not promised, in my opinion. Um, you're 2-2 in the series. You have a chance um, to win, and... If you're just sending KP out for preventative reasons, not because there's an actual injury there, it's hard for me to accept that in the playoffs. Do it in the regular season, whatever. But in the playoffs, it's you're in it. You should be in it to win it. Um, again, people I've seen people compare it to the Dirk situation back in 2000, I guess, three. From what we're being told, there's no real injury there. It's it's soreness or tightness or something. It's not an actual injury. So unless they want to come out and tell us there's a real injury there, it's hard for me to accept that as a, comp, a comparison. Um, I don't want to think that we came into these playoffs thinking that we weren't going to go for it. Um, especially, you know, when you tie a series 2-2. And it's right there for you. Um, 
with that said, with that said, as far as going forward, I kind of said this last year when I was saying we, I wanted Vucevic when we had money. Um, just the idea of adding another big man with a slightly different skill set than KP, uh, but somebody else who could score 30 on a given night beside Luka, if KP is potentially going to be out. Now, I said that with the idea of KP being legitimately injured again and unable to play because obviously that's that's something we have to consider on a daily basis. And I apologize for all the sniffing and stuff if, if that's annoying. My sinuses are kind of being weird right now. But, um, but yeah, I was very much on board with the idea of bringing in another big man that can be somewhat complimentary to KP so that they could at least play together a little bit but also so we could stagger them and then also so if KP went down we would have somebody else there that could compliment Luca with a 30 piece uh, on any given night so I'm still very much in that camp I think that these playoffs have just proven that how important that is to add some legit depth at the bit at the uh, five slash four position. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm even stronger on that now, especially given the fact that this isn't even a real injury, but we're sitting them out in the playoffs. So, oh, I'm sorry, it isn't a real injury as far as we know, and they're sitting them out in the playoffs. Not a good feeling at all. Um, and then it kind of leaves Luca out there. I don't want to say defend for himself, but basically defend for himself and with, with uh, the supporting cast. So, Next question comes from Billings underscore Evan. He asked, in the scope of the season, how do you feel about this playoff series as a whole so far? It seems hard to say it's anything other than a success, right? Um, I guess I kind of already answered that question. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it's a success. I think a lot of fans are going to, in their heads, be able to say that we didn't really lose this series, that it was taken from us, that... Uh, we never had a single game with Luka and KP potentially together for the full game between the KP ejection in game one, Luka's foul trouble game two, Luka's ankle injury game three, no KP game four and five, um, and then whatever happens in game six, we'll see. But just feeling like we didn't have our complete complement of players, knowing that Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson are out, uh, Courtney Lee, whatever he would have potentially contributed uh, Willie Cauley Stein outside the bubble. So I feel like a lot of people are going to feel hopeful and think that, you know, we, we didn't have our put our best foot forward and we still stole two, potentially three games from the Clippers. Uh, potentially, hey, we could end up winning a series. But if, if, we, if we do end up losing, I don't think there's anything really negative to take away from, from this experience. Um, we wanted The goal for the season was to make the playoffs for most people. And we did that. We we won a game or two against one of the best teams in the league. So I don't see how you can call that anything but a success. Uh, and then finally, I think this is the last question. Let me double check. No, holy crap. There's a few. <laughs> All right. So campaign with a K. It's spelled like champagne, poppy. Um, 
Thoughts on Game 6 if KP plays and Morris is suspended. So if KP plays and Morris is suspended, even if Morris isn't suspended, if KP plays, I expect a shootout. I expect it to go down to the wire. It's going to be a game in the 130s. Going back and forth, a lot of bangs, a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of yelling from both teams and benches. Uh, and it'll come down to, you know, who's who can close the game. So should be exciting. I'm definitely waiting on that injury report. Uh, next question comes from, oh, I don't even know how to say this, C-E-T-R-I-E-L-D, C-T-R-I-E-L-D, or something like that. Anyway, what should be the tipping point with respect to an injury when deciding to sit out slash play, play through the pain? That's a tough one. Uh, myself, never having played on such a big scale or with such big stakes, I can't, my little experience isn't really anything to go off of. I, um, I have a hard time with this KP situation because I don't know how much say he actually has in his situation. Same thing with Luca. I don't know how much say they really have over their situations. Um, if it's just pain, it's hard to imagine not going out there and playing. If uh, it starts to affect your game dramatically to the point where just getting up and down the court is a problem, then obviously it's not worth it. If you're potentially hurting your team by not being able to move on defense or whatever the case may be, uh, like Luka in Game 3, um, obviously you should sit. But I think most pro athletes are dealing with at least a little bit of pain every night for the most part playing that many games back and forth going against other large men every night pause um i think that it's hard to just be out with some discomfort basically um the fact that he's been out kp i'm assuming that's what you're alluding to the fact that KP's been out two games, I almost want to hear that it's something more serious than just some soreness or pain or whatever. And then finally, last question. Uh, again, a lot of these are related. Trevor underscore Rathbun. Long-term concern for KP needs and how it plays into the third guy. Again, we've kind of already addressed this. I am very strongly in the camp of wanting another big man who can score 30 points how we get that neither here nor there um i'm very strongly in that camp of thinking that i want that player there um i also wanted a like tobias harris type guy so either one of those could really work for me honestly um if you do the the big the big wing like a tobias harris or otto porter for example if you do that big wing, then I want us to have multiple uh, just kind of reserve bigs that we can kind of use those two players as a combination type thing where one's the scorer, one's the defender, uh, like Willie Colley-Stein or, you know, guys like that to be able to throw multiple of those bodies out there <clears throat> to defend the paint, rebound, things like that, or catch lobs. Um, yeah, uh, I think that we cannot apparently expect to do the things that we want to do with just Luca and KP being guys that can go off for 30 every night. We need a, a third guy that can do that. 
at the very least. And I wouldn't even consider it a super team type situation in that regard because it's really just an insurance policy. Uh, So like I said, there were a lot of questions. I'm glad that you guys sent them a lot of talk around KP on this pod tonight. Um, I don't even know how long this ends up being, probably around my 40s or so minutes that I've been doing lately. Um, thank you again for, for tuning in. Um, again, my sinuses have kind of been affecting me, so I don't probably feel as great as I would like to feel. Um, I wish I was uh, being able to be happier on this podcast, but a lot of things going on in this world right now, a lot of bad emotions tied to this game right now so next game could be the last we're facing elimination so that's that's interesting it's not sure where this podcast is going to go from there i kind of have an idea i want to do like a weekly thing for as far as basketball kind of like the movie thing but but we'll see i also want to have some guests on i've had some people reach out i I do want to make those things happen so um it's going to be interesting going forward um I don't want to get ahead of myself again and start talking about after the Mavs. But um we I will I will tell you how I feel based on whatever happens with this KP situation. If he's playing, then we're going for the the gold. If he's not, then we're we're just waiting to see when it happens. <laughs> uh that's my honest opinion. I have started the rambling section of the podcast where I could have ended it a minute ago, but I've continued to talk. Um so let me shut this off and get my behind in bed. It is 2.08 a.m. here on the East Coast as I'm shutting this off. So um, thanks again for listening, people. I appreciate every single play. Um, I've, again, I've hit another milestone on the last pod. Uh, most listens by far. And um, I don't know. You guys make me feel good every time you hit play. So thank you. <laughs> uh, peace. I'm, I'm going to shut up now.